So successfully going online in 2013, I make my first $100,000 in three months and a million dollars in a single year. That really shifted my entire mind because... Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. But first, let me check in with the co-host, Justin. What's going on, man? Hey, Cody. This weekend was actually pretty calm because we're gearing up for a big trip the next weekend where we're going to be taking the, the DIY camper van that I made out to Colorado and actually all across the United States. But this weekend was pretty calm. The only thing we did was have a couple people over to watch a movie in the backyard. Another one of those activities where we can kind of keep people separated and not have to worry about people like inside the house and all the cleaning goes around while we're still trying to, you know, tread water in this COVID situation. But how about yourself? Yeah, pretty similar weekend to you. Definitely pretty low key. Had some friends over again. It was outside. We were hanging out, having some beers by the lake. And yeah, just enjoying this nice summer weather. It's nice to see that it's finally getting up into the 70s and 80s on a consistent basis up here in Massachusetts. But enough about us, Justin. Let's take a moment for our sponsors. Do you want to learn more about the future of prop tech? And for those like me who are not sure exactly what prop tech is, basically it's using technology to give you advantages as a real estate investor. Prop tech conference for a cause will be hosted by Igloo Home on June 18th. As a global smart lock company, Igloo Home is building the future of smart access for homeowners and property managers worldwide. With a line of smart deadbolts, key boxes, and padlocks, you can be sure that there's a way to keep your property secure. Hear from the people and businesses that are shaping the future of real estate, property management, and urbanization. All ticket fees from this event will be donated to Team Rubicon in support of their COVID-19 relief efforts. The event will have things like expert panel discussions, expo, and networking. And topics will include things like how businesses are adapting, the acceleration of prop tech adoption, looking at growth opportunities, smart city innovations, and a ton of more other cool stuff. So if you want to check out this awesome event and you're a real estate investor looking to get more involved in the prop tech space, taking your real estate investments to the next level, you can sign up at thefyshow.com slash tech. That's thefyshow.com slash T-E-C-H tech. And so the star of the show today is Janisha Alora. So Janisha is doing some incredible things over in Southeast Asia. She has a super ambitious goal of building the Netflix of podcast directories in Southeast Asia. And she's well on her way there. She already has a community of over 200,000 women with her brand, Soul Rich Woman. She specifically helps businesses go from brick and mortar to online. And that could not be a more timely skill during this time of COVID where things are kind of open or things are completely closed or things are just opening up again. Definitely an awesome skill set. And Janisha is helping thousands and thousands of women convert their business to online. But don't want to take away all of her thunder. Take it away, Janisha. Wow. There's a time that I remember there was a part of my entrepreneurial journey that really kind of like still stays with me at this point is that I had a first taste of entrepreneurship when I was 18, when literally I wanted to make more within a single hour. I was thinking, how can I make more within a single hour? Because I was a student, I was working and putting money, bringing back home. So, and I was still, I was going to have exams and so many things happening. So I said, how can I make more within a single hour? So I was teaching as an instructor in yoga, aerobics and line dancing back in those days. And I said, 
yeah, I should get and form a group and hire more instructors and then supply them to events and corporate organizations so that within a single hour, I will earn small commissions from this group of people. And in an hour plus my own time, I will make more in an hour. So that was how I started building my income. And literally that helped me put me through my years, pay for my book fees and tuition fees and also, you know, have money for my own education. And getting started with this entrepreneurship, did you have somebody to use as kind of an example? Like was somebody else in your family, had they started some businesses or just where did you get the confidence to start doing that at first? Well, my family, none of them are entrepreneurs. I would say, I guess it was more like street smart kind of thing. Like when you know that resources ain't that available, it's all about the resourcefulness that you have to be out there and put yourself out there in order to be seen and heard. So I guess for me, asking around, you know, talking to people, you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. I mean, I didn't know about this kind of theory or concept, but it was because of the people that was hanging with. They were much older, their experiences, and they could give me really sound advice. I think that was one of the pieces that really helped me. So I know your entrepreneurial journey did not stop there, and you are a super impressive woman with so many businesses under your belt. What did the next few years look like? Did you start to develop even more businesses as you were working your way through university? Or where did that route take you? Well, I graduated as an occupational therapist. There were people who challenged me and said, how oh, you want to be an occupational therapist? So for me, I eventually went into work for a year in a hospital. I was working with children with learning difficulties. And after that, I realized that because my income that I was drawing before I went to a nine to five job was way higher. It was like four times more than my salary. And I just felt, no, 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 I'm not going to be stuck in a nine to five job, even though I love my, the work that I do. Eventually, I jumped out of this nine to five and went into doing image consultancy full time. So I was doing consultancy work. I was doing coaching and it really transformed my life because when you have your own time and space to handle your own business, I think it really gives me so much flexibility and freedom, which I really wanted as an entrepreneur. Along the way, eventually I discovered that that was still not the business I wanted to do because talk about business model, because you work, I work, I get paid, I work, I get paid, you know, but don't work, I don't get paid. So in 2012 and 2013, I was looking for a way to go from offline to online and eventually I decided to, you know, find a way to go online. So successfully going online in 2013, I made my first $100,000 in three months and a million dollars in a single year. That really shifted my entire mind because whatever that we thought entrepreneurship was before and whomever said it should be in a certain way, the new model of entrepreneurship is to really develop a model where you can work more with less. So that literally shifted my model of the world. And then eventually, the funny thing was, you know what? I invested back into a cafe retail chain because, you know, we talk about businesses and we talk about, you know, exiting, right? Building up a business and exiting eventually. So we built a cafe retail chain, which went into three countries, Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. And then we had 18 franchisees and licensees. And after four years, we exited to a public listed company. So that offline experiences gave me a way to learn how to, you know, look into retail businesses. So it's kind of like both sides. So I have like both sides of the spectrum and online. 
and then an offline. And just a quiz, okay, for you and your audience. I mean, what is the most profitable drink in a cafe business? In a cafe, what is the most profitable drink in a cafe? Do you know? Coffee? I was gonna say coffee, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the most profitable drink in a cafe is honey lemon. Hmm. For a cup of five dollars that you pay for honey lemon, we make almost five hundred percent. Wow! Literally, <laughs> yeah, because of the grammage, grams of the honey and just one slice of lemon, and the rest is water. So that's the most profitable drink in a cafe. So yeah, anyway, yeah. So I I love all this knowledge that I've gained, and eventually I invested time and back uh, into my legacy business, which is right now uh, Soul Rich Woman, the number one leading female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia. Connecting more than two hundred thousand women across the region. So this is something that I really love to do, which is only doing one thing: helping、uh, women to bring their business online and to be seen as a leader online. So,、uh, which is to own and love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence, and family. So my entrepreneurship journey really helped me to. See different aspects of things, and that's why I really believe in the power of going online. So you definitely gave us a lot to unpack there, and I think it's oftentimes really powerful to take and dig through the first successful business that you have. And so, as you made that transition to online, and you talk about having this business that you made a hundred thousand dollars in three months and a million in the first year, could you just break down for the listeners what that business was, what some of those steps were that you had to take? When you're going from offline to online, and just how you were able to see that grow so fast, I think you need to have a growth mindset first and foremost. I think that's the most important because if you're going to use the offline method to go online, you will not succeed because you have to ditch the old methods of marketing and the old ways of business model and how things are moving so fast these days. I mean, building a brand and business online, you know, in the past it take thirty years and twenty years, fifty years in order to be known in the market. But now, bam, you know, in in like three months, six months, you can be seen already as a leader. So I think first having a growth mindset is an extremely important piece for me. And then later on, when I went online, I actually did e-commerce. So e-commerce was something that I did that really made me my first pot of gold. But then again. Did I learn from somebody? Yes, I did. In fact, I had a mentor who showed me the ropes because he himself has made multi-million dollars in e-commerce, and he showed me how to make my first dollar in the online space. So I think a lot about not just for you who is listening in right now. Don't think about just oh, I'm gonna make my first million dollars online. Well, I think you gotta look into how do you gonna make your how are you gonna make your first dollar in the online space? Like how are you gonna get people to buy from you in the online space? Either by your brand or by yourself. I think now the arbitrage method, even though it's a concept that we can understand when you are the middleman, but you know these days because of the direct access to so many different platforms, you really need to consider building a brand, building you know being seen as a. Expert or leader, rather than just buy low, sell high, because this kind of model don't really work as well anymore. Because nowadays, when there's a marketplace, there are so many marketplaces. It's no longer about buying buying low and selling high, but more of how are you packaging it, how are you delivering a message in the online space. So as you're building up these businesses, and like I mentioned before, you're an extremely accomplished businesswoman. You have multiple businesses under your belt. You have this group of women, over two hundred thousand women, and I saw you're aiming to hit a million. Absolutely amazing! 
Could you talk about kind of how you structure your days, how you're expanding and growing all these businesses? Because I can't imagine you're just going at this full force all alone. I'd love to hear how you're able to leverage teams and outsourcing and all that stuff to develop so many different successful businesses. That's a lot of question in one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't do this alone. In fact, uh, I really believe that alone we are strong. Together we are unstoppable. And for me, I leverage on a team. I started with just one. In fact, I built, when I was doing my first million, I had a team of 28. So now I have a team of 21. So 28 was when I was still, you know, doing the e-commerce business, right? And then I shifted everything online. So now I have a team of 21. I think for me, building teams is extremely important. I love, you know, doing, I use project management tools like Asana to manage my entire team. I use tools like Skype to kind of have conversations with them. And then I have a weekly meetings with all of them. And then we set tasks and goals and timelines in order to work through our projects. I think one of the things that you need to understand about outsourcing is that you must be willing to do it in the first place and empower someone else over the other side of the world to do the part of the work. I think that's one piece that I think is very important because... We always think that we can do, do better than someone else, right? Because we are the best. We are the business owners. We know our business inside out. But hey, you know, you just take $50 out either a week or a month and outsource the few hours or the few tasks that you hate completely to do. So if you were to able to do that, you will be able to at least have one person to outsource to in order for you to build to my team of 21 or even a team of 28. So you must be willing to part with your $50 in order to to build that. The second thing uh, I think also that's very important on a day-to-day basis, what is your your ritual? You know, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because as a business owner, we really need to look into 80% sales and marketing and 20% operation because we are the brainchild of our business and where are all the sales going to come in? Where are all the deals that's going to happen in the online space? You have to be there to look at it. You can't really outsource things that really is the heart and soul of the business. So that is something that I live by. So I focus a lot on sales and marketing. That's why like, I was able to grow the cafe retail chain because for me, I was in charge of PR and marketing. So my partners were all doing different areas of the business. And now I'm leveraging on my own strengths, right? And the last part I would say is always consistently give value. That part is about you know stickiness. How can you create stickiness in the online space? I mean, there's so much things going online right now. Why do your people keep coming back? Why are you the only solution for your people? Why? Why are you the only solution and not other people? So you have to be looking at how you're developing this stickiness in your community or in your business so that people just say, yeah, you know what? I've got to keep coming back to you. If I need something else, I'm going to continue to buy from you. So therefore, you can increase the lifetime value of that customer. You can build up that recurring business or that customer who keeps just coming back to buy from you at different price points. So these are ways that you can really look into and that's how we continue to build up our platform as well. You started touching there on marketing and I can imagine that these marketplaces and just online in general as a business owner is so much more noisy than it was maybe 10 years ago. So what is some advice you have for people who are trying to start up that brand, trying to start up that business around marketing? Because even if they have a great product, if no one knows about it, 
then it's going to be really tough for them. I totally agree. Just like anybody can be an author, right? Anybody can print a book. Just go to a printer. I'm an author. But who do we want to be? We want to become the best-selling author. So I totally agree with what you said. And how do you even get started and be seen and recognized? I think consistency is definitely the baseline right now. We, we really have to compete in that very noisy marketplace by first being consistent. And if you are not even being consistent, you'll be losing out of that big pie. The other thing is everybody's posting online. You look left, you look right. Someone else is posting on LinkedIn posting on Facebook, posting on Instagram or TikTok, whatever platforms that may be, if you're not even building up that momentum, that means after consistency is building up the momentum. Okay, how, how frequent are you showing up, right? What kind of things are you doing and posting online to build that no like trust score, which means how are you building trust, right? So I talk about the M word, which is momentum. The last one I'll talk about is connection. So this, this is something that people are missing out. Trust is one piece that is missing in completely in the online space. People are skeptical. Are you real? You know, are you a, you know, a real brand or, or just a fake Facebook page? You know, people <laughs> just create accounts for fun. So how can you build that trust, that connection with your audience? I really believe that now at this age, at this point when everybody's forced to go online right now, how are you making connections? So a new business owner, the first thing you must do is not just that graphic, that logo, that color, that website. It's never about that. It's about when you are doing something, uh, showing up as a person or with your product or services, are you making the connection with your consumers or audience over the other side? And how are you building that trust? So these are the two questions you must answer for your business. Something you mentioned there when you were kind of rifling through the social medias of today, and like Justin said, 2012 and 2013, when you started your online venture, your online journey, it's a lot different market than it is today. How do you stay current and know which platforms to focus on and which not to? The one that struck my attention there was TikTok because like as of recent, it's crazy. But even last year, if you were focusing on TikTok in April 2019, people would be like, Janisha, you're crazy. What are you spending all of this time doing TikTok for? So for me, I don't spend time on TikTok because that's not where my market is because TikTok's age group is a little bit younger. But for me, we focus a lot more on the other platforms. I think how do we stay current is a very good question is that for me, I always keep looking at trends. I love spotting trends. So for me, I, I like to just keep looking at what the world market is like. And that is why I said 80%. You really have to spend time on marketing and sales and so then you are always on top of the game i think i'm really blessed at this point where i build up my business that i can be on top of the business and not be in the business so it's a end point or what we say kind of like a point where i would encourage all entrepreneurs to work towards which is don't be stuck because once you become stuck become an ostrich right when you put a head in the hole you can't see anything what's happening around you there's always danger in front how can you avoid that so staying current by looking at the world market, that really helped me. I think number two, you know, I spotted trends like, uh, you know, in Asia, especially, I mean, for, for Asia and Southeast Asia, podcasting is, is really on the rise. So I spotted this trend and it really worked. And a lot of women are not on podcasting yet. And so this is like a big market that we are leveraging on. And we, are, we, we want to become the Netflix of podcasts for all women here in Southeast Asia and Asia. So I, I'm really very excited and we are working towards that. 
The other piece is you really need to ask questions. Ask yourself hard questions. Where are your traffic consistently going to come from? You know, how are you going to, like I said, stickiness, consistently engage your people and not to be really, you know, kind of like be in that hole and be seen as a leader. So in when you ask yourself hard questions like this, you would be looking at things more attentively rather than, you know, just slacking your way out. So I think that's very, very important as well. So Janisha, one thing I would like to touch on now is this group, this organization that you've started that has this 200,000 women. How does something like that get started? And then how did you grow it to such a huge number and sorry for all the questions all at once, but then like on a week to week, month to month basis, like what is that organization? Like, how are you actually interacting with them? We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory. They have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth, one dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools that you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fyshow, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash fyshow to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash fyshow. Now back to the show. Okay, so that's a great question. So how did I start and why did I do this? It was because I was based in Indonesia uh, when I was running the cafe franchise. I was taking care of the franchise market over there in Indonesia. So with only a webcam and internet, I kind of turned on my my webcam and I, do, I used Google Hangouts in the past to do my webinars. So I went on online and started doing webinars every single Wednesday. It was called Webinar Wednesday. And it was like <laughs> 9 p.m. sharp, I'm online. Okay, whoever who wants to come, come, all right? So I was there online literally every single week and to the sound of the crickets. It was zero viewers, zero people, zero followers, right? So I built from there. I mastered the F word, which was funnels and Facebook ads. So by leveraging on this F word, I was able to bring in people, traffic to, you know, watch my webinars and to grow the community from zero to hundred to a first thousand. So that was how it was built and grown. And the one thing and one thing we do only is to go help women to bring their business online. Remember, this is not doing online business is two different things because bring your business online is you're offline. You're trying to go online. And so therefore, we don't really teach e-commerce. So it's bring your business online and to be seen as a leader online. So we only focus on this piece. How do I grow to such a big number? I would say really, like I shared earlier on, is to give value. And value is really a big piece. You have to dive deep into what your customers want. I would say love your customers first. Love your audience first. Don't love your product first. I think many business owners make this mistake. Love the product first and then try to find the customers for it. I do it the other way. I love my people first and then I create what's good for them. And because of that, it sells, right? So 
we are based on this $12 a month membership. So the women, they sign up this $12 a month because they don't need more information. They need a structured way where, you know, they're taking care of their children, their family, they have work. How can I still bring my business online? How can I be seen as a leader online? So they come on in, they, they get some, uh, they get two masterclasses a month, they get office hours, and it's a simple and easy, straightforward kind of uh, business model where people just adapt and adopt. From there, if they want to upgrade, when they want to go to the next level, that's when they go through the value ladder or go through the different parts where they will buy different parts of the other businesses. And last but not least, why are they always, how do we you know, continue to engage them at, at the level? Well, like I said, stickiness. Stickiness is key. And that is why I see this opportunity to build the Netflix of podcasting, for example, or to become the Netflix in our own area. So this is the trend moving forward. How can you be the Netflix of something so that your consumers and audience keep coming back to you and, you know, knowing that for us, it's all about the F word, being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence and family. And with this, it kind of attracts different types of people to come on into the community, into the organization so that they will continue to change and transform their life. Because when a woman changes her life, her entire community benefits. So Janisha, talking about So Rich Woman, and you're trying to help all these female online business or I guess wannabe business on entrepreneurs who are bringing their physical business online, I'd love to do a quick case study. I know I'm not your ideal demographic. I'm a guy, I know. But let's just pretend for a second that, okay, I'm a woman. I have what's called a small store in the corner of a mall, and I only sell physical, and that's my business model. I've been doing that for 10 years. Could you walk us through like what are some of the skills? What are some of the tactics? What are some of the action items that you'd be giving this person who just became part of your community? Okay, so the first thing will be, you know, what is your dream? What do you want to do? You know, I think this is a very important question because if you don't have a dream, you don't have a vision for your business, you're dead. <laughs> because <laughs> that really literally determines the next step you want to take because you said, oh, I'm going to grow to 10 outlets. I want to grow to... 100 outlets. So it's different, right? So versus I only just want to have one store and I want to have things happening for my one store, bring more customers for the one store, then it's a very different strategy. So why don't I turn it around and say that I have a customer who is owns a fitness studio. She has a retail outlet, fitness studio, and she was offline in 2015. She came to me. She, she said, I need to bring more customers. Because back in those days, she was writing it manually on a book. Where, you know, if you do Zumba, you do Piloxing, you walk in and then it's okay, there's a gym session, right? So you have to like check in and check out and sign off on the side of the logbook. So we literally transformed uh, by sitting down. I, I drew out the blueprint for her, knowing the entire flow of how do you even bring a customer. So in marketing term, we call it customer journey. So when a customer comes in, what's happened? And then the customer were to buy from you, how is the customer going to buy from you? Where is the customer going to buy from you? How is the person going to pay you the money? And if after the person pay you the money, what's next? Where does the person do the booking? How does it? How do you know whether the person is confirmed? Are there reminders being sent out? So there is literally a process where you take the person through. So after we did that blueprint of mapping out the entire business flow, we started to build out the processes online. So she had a booking system. She built up a, what we call a funnel. She do up her branding on the online space. 
Also, there are actually quite a number of P's that we do up. So there is what we call the influence, being the woman of influence, the star. So how are you be, being a star right now in the online space, right? So we need to list down the steps on building your star. And it's not overnight. It's like it will take time. And then how are you developing your glow, which is a winning offer, which is the irresistible offer. So she had an $18 offer for unlimited pass for a single week. And then we launched that with a funnel. So the star, the glow, and the funnel coming in. So it becomes a magic wand. And with this magic wand, she brought in 1,000 leads in 14 days, made $23,000 in 7 days. And then now, from first 100 customers in 2015, today she has 9,000 customers. So it all begins with first developing and deciding what's your dream to you need to see what is your star. What kind of influence do you want to build in the online space? Then you go to the glow. That means what is your winning offer or irresistible offer to attract people to you. Last but not least, what kind of functions do you have to do more with less? What kind of systems are you leveraging so that you can do more with less? That's a lot of awesome stuff there, Janisha. And definitely a lot of good points there for somebody who's looking to do any kind of business, but especially, you know, as you're taking a business from offline to online, a little bit of a subject change, but one of the F words I haven't heard you really mention is frugality. And I'm curious if frugality has ever been a part of either your journey or is it part of the things that you teach people? Because I know a lot of times, you know, like getting your personal finance in order can also help translate to a business. One of the books that I've read and that have inspired me was A Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. Of course, we have all read, assume that you've read Rich Dad Poor Dad, because I've read Rich Dad Poor Dad and it's transformed my life. But what struck me when I sat down with Kim Kiyosaki last year in 2019, and I had a conversation with her about cash flow, and she really shared with me, cash flow is not about making millions of dollars, right? It's about how you live your life. And, you know, what is your in and what is your out? And she, she shared with me a story about Kim and Robert Kiyosaki had achieved financial independence and then later financial freedom. And it's very simple. It's only by decreasing their expenses, either in their subscription, you know, really look into what kind of sit down and write down the list of the things that you're spending on at the moment. And then, you know, looking at, you know, removing those things that needs versus want and then dropping all those that's off the list and then focusing on, you know, how, how much you're going to bring in, not just your income, but your assets as well, if you're going to do some investing as well, and then really looking at overall cash flow. So to answer your question, it's all about looking at how is a person going to achieve financial independence and then later on freedom. Because Notice my F word is not even financial freedom. It's just financial independence because a lot of people don't even know how to be financially independent. And they're just spending, buying, like you said, they, they will just buy, earn, and, and then spend all the money. Earn and spend all the money. So the, how are you going to even bring in the income and then still watch the money that you have and continue to grow it? So that leads me to my next point. You have to read the book by T. Half Erica. It talks about, you know, the six-jar method. So I will not go into it, but I just want to highlight that it really will help a woman or a man, whether, you know, no matter at what status you are, you to really understand financial concepts of, you know, saving and putting aside for education funds, having a fund for fun and play, 
having a fund for investment and future, having a fund for different things. So, so this is something that uh, we also talk about in our financial independence part. So all these pieces add together. So you don't have to be a millionaire to be financially independent or learn frugality. I really think that any income level at your at right now, you can you learn financial independence and you can have financial freedom. Sit your ass down and write down the list of the things that you're spending on and you know how are you really making life and doing life. So an F word that I have a question about, and this F word is future, and you have so many things going on. I know you've alluded to becoming the Netflix of your region, which would be absolutely amazing. I mean, there's the scale and the amount of people you'd be able to impact with that type of platform. But what other kind of fun projects or things for your businesses do you have on the horizon? So right now we are focusing on becoming the Netflix of podcasts for women in Asia. And it's working quite well, I will say, because we are there's a strategy to build this up. And I'm I'm so excited to work towards that. The other thing that I'm really very excited about for my future is continue to be a global speaker. So right now we always have a dream, right? So I really believe that whatever we think and whatever we say becomes our blueprint. So I've always thought that it was never possible to stand on a global stage with big giants like Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, and Jay Abraham. So, well, this year I made it to the list of the top global speakers and I'm speaking alongside Tony Robbins, Jay Abraham, and Robert Kiyosaki. So I'm very excited to say that this is something that when we really want something, just don't give up on our dreams, you know, just keep going at it. And I mean, we always think that, oh, I'm so small, they will not notice me, I'm not good enough. But if you were to just keep at it and really keep raising your profile, raising your vibration at the highest energy level possible, you will attract the people into your life. If you don't remove the wrong people from your life, you will never attract the good people into your life. That's really awesome and inspiring. And congratulations for, you know, those accomplishments that you're getting to have this year. I know that's going to be super exciting. You've been spitting off like a lot of different books that people could find interesting. I was wondering if on that subject of kind of overcoming doubt, getting started, like achieving things that maybe you don't think is possible. If you had any books that you would recommend or even some of your own insights for people who are maybe limiting themselves. I love the book by Dr. Chuck Spazano. They are the people that I look up to uh, when I started my healing journey in 2006, 2006 and 2007. So Dr. Chuck Spazano and uh, Lancy Spazano, they are two, this power couple that talks about psychology of vision. So that was when I was learning about, you know, overcoming my mindset and limiting belief and how I overcome my fears. Another influential figure, it will be Louise Hay, which talks about you can heal your life. I think that book also impacted me. The other one, that video I watched that gave me awareness was this book called The Shadow Effect. Can't remember the author, but it's called The Shadow Effect. It was a damn long time ago, super long time ago. These are the few few pieces that, that really get me going. Later on, I attended other personal development courses. I would recommend if you ever have a money and you program around you, do go check that out, money and you. Yeah, that is also a very good one that uh, has transformed the way I look at business and the way I look at my own life. Yeah, so these are the few things I will highly recommend. Well, Janisha, you've already given us so much on this show and you have so much more to give. So for our audience members who are looking to connect, looking to get in contact with your team, with some of your content, where are some of the best places that can do that? 
well, you can connect with me online on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram at Janisha Alora. G-E-N-E-C-I-A-A-L-L-U-O-R-A, Janisha Alora. And I have a two free gifts for you. If you love it, it's called Secrets of Personal Branding. It's a book that I've authored personally, and it has helped thousands of women around the world. So now I'm gifting away for free. So please go and get that from the website. And one more download that I would love to gift to you. It is how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list to your assistant so that you can make money online and function in your zone of genius, okay? Love it. So <laughs> these two are available on my website at soulrichwoman.com, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com, soulrichwoman.com. I hope you'll love the gift. Do connect with me as well. Awesome, Janisha. And because this is a financial independence show, the one question we always ask guests are, what is a tangible tip that you would give someone who's on their own path to financial independence? One tangible tip that I would say to you is, first thing is to, if you're starting a business right now, really look into the first $50 of outsourcing. I think there's no business too small to do delegating or outsourcing. Look at, are you, if you do, do you do like, I don't know, do you go to the hair salon? Do you go to do your nails? Do you go for massages? Do you splurge on subscriptions that don't matter at this point. So I would just say pick up the $50 and outsource a task that you absolutely hate and then free up your time so they can spend more time with your family, spend more time with your kid, spend more time on your business. So yeah, $50 a week or $50 a month. That's all it takes to learn the art of outsourcing. I love that advice, Janisha. It took me so long to get there myself because like Justin was mentioning, we're pretty frugal guys. But once I kind of outsourced my first thing, I was addicted. So the last question (laughs) we have for you here. And so I did not prepare for this. Justin didn't prepare. So Janisha, you're definitely not prepared. But are you ready for the wild card question? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So something that was super interesting that we came across and we were checking you out and looking at your bio and all the previous stuff you've done is that you were a former Miss Universe Singapore. And I can imagine there's a whole lot of prep and a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that even goes into becoming a part of that world. What's one of the things like you've kind of been behind the scenes? What's something that people wouldn't expect? Maybe it was some kind of diet program or some weight training or something crazy in the behind the scenes world of becoming a Miss Universe that people wouldn't expect. My favorite hobby was scuba diving. Nobody knew I was a rescue diver because uh, when you want to present yourself on the world stage, you need to be quirky yourself as well. And yeah, I was a, I'm a scuba diver. I love absolutely scuba diving and I'm a rescue diver myself. Awesome. Super cool. I love that. Well, Janisha, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you have a ton of things going on between your own businesses and the awesome outreach you have with the Soul Rich Woman. So thank you so much for giving us a part of your busy day and helping share your story with our audience. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. So glad we were able to have Janisha on and share all of her wisdom. She's clearly a really high-powered person in this space. Some of the times we'd have to take her back down to the ground level because she was just speaking in the millions, building these huge brands, these huge businesses. But I think she just has so much to offer and she's helped so many people do this. What do you think about the episode? Yeah, Cody, I like the episode. I mean, I think that she brought a lot of unique perspectives and as well as kind of what we said in the intro, this couldn't have been a more timely episode with everything going on. With the coronavirus, it's pushed a lot of companies to think about 
offline to online in a lot of different ways, whether it be how they support their own employees or whether it be how do they get their product to the consumer. And obviously that second part is more where Janisha was focused. But again, it could not be a more timely episode around this idea of how do you take something that's very traditional that you've done a certain way this whole time and how do you go to online not only just to survive, but to actually thrive and to figure out ways to kind of multiply your reach and your effectiveness and to use the online space just to find more customers. And something that I really liked that Janisha focused on a lot was mindset. A lot of times we'd ask her a question and we probably had like a more tactical thought in mind when we asked the question, but she'd always bring it back to have a goal, have a vision, have a dream. And I really do think a lot of times when like really successful people are successful, it's because they can picture themselves being successful in the first place. Like if you don't think you're going to be successful or, you know, you can't achieve X, Y, or Z, then you're probably never going to achieve X, Y, or Z. So one of the first things Janisha tells her clients to focus on is, hey, what's your goal? What's your dream? What's your vision? And once you start to kind of craft what that looks like and say one year, five years, 10 years, then you can start to put that plan in place. Then you can start to get the systems. Then you can start outsourcing. Then you can start hiring. And then you can kind of build a brand that's right for you. And that was another thing she mentioned was like, yeah, you could either want to crush it and maybe you have one storefront property and then you take it online, or maybe you want a hundred different retail locations and you also want to take that online. Like there's so many different things you can do, but the first thing you need to do is define that vision and then go after it. Yeah. And Janisha's obviously proven that what she's doing is working, you know, cause she mentioned where she first went from offline to online, like going to a hundred thousand dollars in three months and a million within a year. And you think about like, oh my goodness, how do you scale like that? Like, how do you really grow? And she actually says the first thing you should do is to like love your customers first and then create what is good for them later. So like really focusing on understanding your customers and not only that, but to always make sure that you're delivering value because that's what creates the stickiness that she's talking about. Because a lot of times with these online businesses, finding a new customer is only a piece of the battle. Retaining them and having them to continue to come back is really the big key because if you can have somebody who's just happy and comes back willingly, then that's a lot less work for you to have to go out there to find someone that very first time. So the value they bring you as a business owner is a lot higher when they come around and are a returning customer than it was when you had to do all that work to find them that very first time. And now it's time for the call to action. And so today's call to action is a piece of advice directly out of Janisha's playbook. And this is something I wish I took this advice so much sooner, but it's to just take $50 out of your business. This could be a month, this could be a week and outsource something you hate doing. There's always something in your business, in your life that you just don't like doing. I have them. I'm sure Justin has them. I'm sure everyone listening has them. Just take that $50. It could be $50 a month. Outsource it. See how it feels. And if you can keep that, if that's an item that you can afford to keep in your budget, then absolutely do it moving forward. And you can start to outsource more and more as long as you're understanding the implications it's having on your personal finances. But sooner or later, you'll find yourself just doing that deep work, the stuff you really like doing, and the rest of the stuff will be outsourced. And if you enjoyed this episode and maybe want to learn more about Soul Rich Woman or some of the books that Janisha recommended, you can find everything we talked about today, thefyshow.com slash Janisha. That is thefyshow.com slash G-E-N-E-C-I-A, thefyshow.com slash Janisha. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The Fi Show, 
You can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefyshow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to remind you that I have made my personal like budget and net worth tracking spreadsheet available, the very same one that I use to track my net worth from $38,000 to over $1.2 million, available for free on our website at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. So you can go download that today. That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet.